Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Stop up. It. Pop pass up in the middle. Tucker's got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit in. Gregory touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It goes to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7 and ESPN Radio Heard a 96.5 FM Heard wherever you are whatever you are doing the ESPN app seen heard and everything in between at QSportsTalk.com you can uh, watch the show. You can see into the inner sanctum here. And uh, can, can I just, uh, you know, pardon the radio audience. You'll just have to go along with my description here. Speaking of seeing into the inner sanctum here, you want to see what I'm dealing with here? The aftermath of Hurricane Pauly or, or Paul Sibilia, if you prefer. Let me, let me just demonstrate for the people here in studio. You see this? You see this? Empty cup, empty Diet Coke bottle. Paul Sibilia. Okay. Give me a moment. You see this here? Paperwork. Sensitive paperwork for somebody. I could steal their identity right from their very eyes. You see this right here? I have Paul Sebelius' phone. That is Paul Sebelius' phone right there. I'm attempting to open Paul Sebelius' phone. What do you think the code is? What's Paul's birthday, guys? That's got to be his code, right? He's got the face ID thing on. A much handsomer face cannot open this. It requires a much uglier face, so there's that. Okay. Over here, you know what I got? I got Paul Sebelius' bag, right? I got Paulie's junk over here. Squirt bottles of all, I don't need, I think it's hand sanitizer that's in here. I don't know. That's what I deal with, people. My mother used to say, I'm not your maid. I'm not your maid, Paul Sebelia. You come clean up after yourself, young man. I don't care how many vast responsibilities you have. So when you see into the inner sanctum here at QSportsTalk.com, I'm going to demonstrate here on camera what you see, This because this is what I see here in studio. Now, Paul did a very nice job hiding all that stuff off camera, right? So it appears on camera that all is well. I'm here to bring light, to shed light on the chaos, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I deal with. Paul, the life of Paul Sebelia before your very eyes. How's everybody's Monday going? Happy Valentine's to everybody. The greatest scam in American history. 
Valentine's Day, as I like to remind you every year. Uh, we got a lot to get into today. A lot to get into. We've got Syracuse basketball, certainly to dive into. A little football game yesterday that was played. A great halftime show. It's the one and only you want to say it's the greatest dot halftime dot show ever? Then hey, go for it, man. Music is a subjective thing. I don't really understand how we rank such things. I loved it. My daughter was very surprised how many of these songs I knew. Come on now. Dance more hip than you think. My favorite of all time is Prince. It'll remain Prince. That may surprise some of you, given my love and affinity for Bruce Springsteen. And he once upon a time played a Super Bowl halftime show. It was great, though. It was it was right up there. It was amazing. I thought the commercials were actually pretty good. So we'll get into that. And no commercial better than Meadow and AJ having a reunion. And if you think there are better commercials than that, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Now, that is something I will not accept any other opinion on. We're playing for second place here, folks. After Meadow and AJ's reunion last night. They're alive! They made it, everybody! Is a commercial canon in a television show? So we'll have a lot of Super Bowl fun. Uh, Big lacrosse happenings over the weekend. From what we saw this weekend, I will tell you what to believe in and what to hold off belief in. Explain that later in the show. We'll go on the blind side. We'll see what Luke and the chat at QSportsTalk.com comes up with for the blind side today. We will do that later. Uh, your interaction. Welcome, of course, at 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter, and there is a live chat at QSportsTalk.com where you can talk sports with us and also uh, comment on Paul Sebelius' junk left here in studio. Okay. Speaking of junk, didn't mean to make that transition. Yeah, not the best game for Syracuse in the last seven minutes or so. Before that, it's just what you would expect. It's bite, it's scratch, it's claw, it's find a way, and then make the plays down the stretch when needed. But it just goes to show you that an offensive-minded team sometimes can keep shooting and not find anything. You can keep digging in the sand. You're not going to find any seashells. 71-59 the final on Saturday, and there's a lot to take away from that game. Now, the first thing is, to me, that we're back to the fighting 500s, and they've got a week to think about this. They've got a week to recalibrate. They've got a week to get back to basics, take a breath, and they need it because once Syracuse gets back on the court Saturday, it is a sprint to the finish. They have a stretch of, what is that, five games in eight days? They play Boston College on a Saturday, play Georgia Tech on a Monday, go to Notre Dame on a Wednesday little team called Duke comes into the Dome after that. Turn around two days later, go to North Carolina. That's a stretch of games, folks. Then they get another about a week when they finish with Miami at the Dome. So there's a lot of meat left on the bone, per se. There's a lot of big wins left there. But it is all but certain this team is not going to make the NCAA tournament short of winning the ACC tournament now. You know, when they went on a four-game winning streak and they showed that they could, at the very least, just flat-out outscore teams, make this a competition, there were plenty of quad one games left, and the opportunities to gain them, take care of business in the other games, go whatever combination you wanted to with those quad one games in there, make noise in the ACC tournament, and at least there's a chance. Joe Lenardi said that on this show last week, and 
I understand how wrong Joe Lenardi's been about Syracuse in recent years. He's certainly not the only one, but Joe knows the numbers. He knows how this thing works, and he could at least map out the path. What Joe did not do when we had him on last week was completely shut the door, no way, no how. But then we got the Jesse Edwards news, and then we saw how Syracuse lost this game, and it confirmed what we know about this team. They're going to fight their butts off. They're going to play hard. Shout out to Frank Anselm coming in and getting 15 rebounds in that game, doing exactly what is asked of him in a game like that. You cannot run your offense through Frank Anselm. You will not run your offense through Frank Anselm, but you're going to ask him to do things like rebound and be in the right position defensively and just give you quality minutes, stay out of foul trouble. He did all of that. He even scored a little, right? For Frank to stay on the court for 37 minutes is a heck of an accomplishment. So I do want to start with a positive there. I do want to start with something that I didn't see coming. We'll see if it continues. God bless Barama. He's just not ready to give this team quality minutes right now. I mean, the guy's been, he played eight minutes all season before coming in. He's nowhere near as healthy as he has been and, I just feel horrible for that guy because he came back for one last shot and he has just been bitten by the injury bug and it just does not appear that time is on his side to give this team any quality minutes at this point. So shout out to Frank in that spot. Now when a Mark Williams is looming from Duke, when a Armando Baycott is rooming from North Carolina, we'll see how he does. Not that Kave Aluma and even Justin Mutz there at the high post didn't give Syracuse a challenge. But see, that's the interesting thing about this game. All things even. Virginia Tech shot 37% from the field. Syracuse shot 38% from the field. Rebounds were even. But where you start to see some disparities are, for example, assists. Virginia Tech assisted 20 of 23 buckets. Syracuse assisted 9 of 24 buckets. Now, Jim Beheim brought that up in his post-game press conference. I want to play that clip. You know, some of those were those are isolation plays. Assists are one of the very, uh, very, 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 very misleading statistics. Against his own, you, every basket, you will get an assist. The only assist, that bas- the only assist that they didn't get on a basket was their steals. They got 20 assists because against his own, you have to make a pass to score. We isolate a lot because... That's the best way for us to score, and there's no assist on that play. That doesn't mean it's a bad play. It's basketball, and some teams use dribble drive stuff that works, and there's no assist. So it it really depends. You can't just say, well, there's only nine assists. It's how we play. Jim Beheim has forgotten more basketball than I will ever know in my life, but let me tell you what I just heard right there. I heard spin because in the four-game winning streak you had prior to that, Your assist rate was through the roof. You were moving the ball better. Virginia Tech did that because Justin Mutz picked apart your defense at the high post. It was a master class of going backdoor, of finding the open guy, moving the basketball. And yes, against your zone, that does happen. But I think a little credit has to be given to what Mutz did, to what Virginia... And Jim did give them credit. I'm not saying he didn't. But in the sense, I mean, that's not misleading. No, that's just they moved the ball crisply, efficiently, and picked you apart. So that's just one of those ones you got to take the L, and they just did it better. And again, in your four-game winning streak, your assist rate was way higher. Now, Syracuse does run a lot of iso ball. It does work sometimes. That was actually 
a bit of a spike in the numbers. That's not typically where Syracuse is in the assist rate, but I, I didn't hear any things about spin and assists are overrated when Syracuse was moving the ball as crisply as they were in their four-game winning streak. But, look, Teddy TV's in town. I think it's a little odd what the free-throw disparity was. Am I going to sit here and tell you that's why Syracuse lost? No. Nor should you. I just always find that weird, how one team can go to the free-throw line 21 times and the other can go to the free-throw line four times. That's just weird to me. Points off turnovers was massive. There's no spin in this. 17-2. to two. Turn the ball over. Virginia Tech cashed it in every single time. Now, the, the oddity is Syracuse was right on its average. 11 turnovers. But because Virginia Tech cashed in so much of that, eight of those 11 came in the first half. It gave him just enough of a confidence gap. Oh, here comes Paul, ladies oh, and gentlemen, to collect you, all his junk out of the studio. I tried to hack into your phone. It didn't work. It, it only accepts ugly faces for your face ID, so I couldn't get into your phone. There's your garbage. Sorry, I only have four minutes in small hands. I now have Alex, Alex Sims' personal information from the W9 that was left in I here. Have, I have very small hands, and I can't carry everything at once. At least you admit that. At least you admit that. Mija. Bye, Paul. I'm embarrassed to admit that I have small hands. Paul is not embarrassed to admit he has small hands. Paul Sibelia, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. There he goes. Interrupting the monologue to collect his junk. See, I could have ignored that, but the friends on QSportsTalk.com know that's no longer possible. <sighs> Where was I? So, yes, what this came down to was Syracuse couldn't score in the last six minutes and 56 seconds of the game, short of a Cole Swider shot with 30 seconds left, and by then it was over. That can happen, even to a team that relies on its offense that has streaked the other way, has looked good, has look. When, when Buddy scored to make the score 54-54, like enact the cardiac cuse alert, here we go again. The opposite happened. They couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. The, the no room for errors tour was labeled as such because there were no room for errors. In a game like that, going dry and having and some credit has to be given to Virginia Tech's defense, how they played there, certainly. But those are the things you can't afford to do. So a sixth opportunity for a quad one game goes by the wayside. And look, this team's 13-12. and 12. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. I'm going to watch the rest of the season. You're going to watch the rest of the season. They are going to play hard. They'll probably surprise us with a couple wins that, you know, maybe you didn't see coming. They'll probably lose a couple games. They can't. And I still think they're going to finish with a winning record and avoid the first losing season in Jim Beheim's 46-year tenure. But... The season is essentially over. It's essentially over. I'm going to leave the window open because you have to. There's six games left, plus whatever postseason run you get in in Brooklyn at the ACC tournament, so I'm not going to completely put the nail in the coffin, but the season is essentially over, and when Jesse got hurt, that's what kind of sealed that deal. It's unfortunate because of the season he was having and what he meant to Syracuse and he was such a huge catalyst for this team to remain in games like this. Without Jesse, I just don't see how they can do it. And Saturday, now, could they go six minutes and 56 seconds without scoring with Jesse Edwards on the floor? I find that hard to believe, but it certainly would be possible, particularly if he had to start bombing from three-point range, as they did. 
So the season is essentially over. I'm not saying it's over. There's still a lot to play for and a lot to fight for. But the main goal, that's so far over the horizon now. I just don't see how they get there. And I'd love for them to prove me wrong. As soon as I say that, I'll say this. I would love for them to prove me wrong because I don't root for the team. I can't root for the team. I have to be objective in my view of this team. But what I do root for are two twofold. I root for good stories because I'm in the good stories business. And I root for you. I root for the community. When the team does well, the community's in a better mood, and there's nothing like a, a Syracuse team in the NCAA tournament and the buzz and the juice that that creates in this town. But I'm not going to foo-foo it either. I'm, not, you know, Selection Sunday is less than a month from now. It's a month from yesterday, to be specific. Last week, when I saw a path, when I saw an opportunity, I said, well, this isn't going to be easy, but I'm going to lay it out for you, right? I don't feel that way anymore. You can still feel that way. You can still believe. You can still think it's going to happen. But, you know, I'm not going to live in la-la land here. I'm going to look at it objectively. I'm going to look at it fairly. And I'm going to look at it realistically. And realistically, the goal of somehow, some way, staying in the NCAA tournament conversation, it's over. So what are you playing for now is the question. And they've got a week to think about it before they get back at it on Saturday and start an incredible sprint of games down the stretch. Blink and you'll miss it. So a lot of cues to get into. I've got some lacrosse thoughts later in the show, what you should believe in from over the weekend and what you should not. And that's from both the men's and the women's teams. We'll go on the blind side later. Plenty of Super Bowl discussion to get into. An incredible story from the Olympics, which, man, I want to love the Olympics. I do. But then stuff like this happens, and it just reminds you. There's corruption in all sports, but just how deep to the core corrupt the IOC is, the Olympics are, the concept of it is, particularly where it's being held this year. I love curling, and I love aspects of, of the Olympics, and I fall into it. I really do, but then something like this comes out, and it just reminds me, like, oh, yeah, that's why I hate the Olympics. That's a little strong. I don't hate the Olympics, but that's like the elephant in the room you have to ignore to enjoy the Olympics. I'll put it to you that way. We'll discuss that. Later, I'm sure Scooter's going to drop by, tell us how we did in all those big bets. Speaking of the Super Bowl, I have been overwhelmed today on Twitter, in my email. Uh, I haven't checked the, the chat yet, but certainly will during the break. Thank you so much for all of your messages about how right Uncle Brett was on the Super Bowl. Are you picking up on my sarcasm here? Not one person, not one of you people. Has gotten in touch about that. If I was wrong, oh, but I couldn't. I couldn't stop the messages from coming in. Uncle Brent was right. Uncle Brent nailed it. As a matter of fact, and we will discuss that coming up. First, we will see how the market did today. Our friend Bill from Lee Baldwin and Company here to tell us all about that. Bill, how you doing, sir? Happy uh, Valentine's Day to you. Yes, happy Valentine's Day. The markets uh, were down. Uh... Dow closed down 171, but way off our lows, which were down 400, as more uh, concerns with the Russia and Ukraine are hanging over the markets right now. Uh, a few diamonds today, uh, most of them uh, 
local com or uh, U.S. centric uh, companies like uh, Trex that does uh, um, decking was up two percent today on an upgrade. Uh, Tesla was up two uh, percent as uh, they're doing well in China. And then on the dog side, we just saw some profit taking in oil stocks, even though the price of oil remains at a seven year high. And uh, Moderna, uh, you know, the one of the darlings from the vaccines and the COVID area is back down to a 52 week low. So uh, uh, that's it today. And uh, yeah, great Super Bowl. It sure was. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, especially when you're right about how that Super Bowl went. We'll talk about that next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, Q Sports Talk.com. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Tyrell from X. Behind the back shot. Behind the back goal. She misses. Tyrell flips. Harris Chuck on the doorstep to Carney. And make it Six. Six goals for Megan Tyrell Friday. Syracuse takes down Stanford. Then they clubbed Binghamton yesterday. And in between, the Syracuse men's lacrosse team scored like a, a goal a second against Holy Cross. Poor Holy Cross. Stop it. Stop it. They're already dead. It was all done for the Oranges. They beat Holy Cross 28-5. to So, look, it is one weekend of lacrosse. I'm not writing anything down in pen, but here's what I think I believe. Don't believe a thing you saw Saturday against Holy Cross. Hate to be that guy. To be the, the old turn the punch bowl here, but Holy Cross has got to be one of the worst lacrosse teams I've ever seen. And as someone I know said who knows the game, and I'll keep it at that, why are we playing this team? They shouldn't be playing this team. Now, I get why they played that team, because of what the next three weeks bring. The number one team in the country, the number two team in the country, and the number 10 team in the country. Two at home, one on the road. Don't believe a thing of what you saw. Now, I appreciate the spirit of how, talking about the men's team now, came out and just beat a team they should have beat and didn't let off the gas pedal. I like that. Attack. Play the game, right? Holy Cross is free to stop some of those shots. They're free to play defense. They're free to slide. Well, so, I mean, you're going to give Brett Kennedy, or not, not Brett Kennedy, you're going to give Brendan Curry, pardon me, that much time to stop, aim, fire? He's going to kill you. And that's exactly what he did. You're going to give Tucker Dordovic that much time to pick his spots? He's going to kill you top-down, whoever was out there. I joked on Twitter, and it's hard to get context, and Twitter needs a sarcasm button. I got some interesting responses to this tweet for sure, including from some parents of some players on the team. It's like, hey, everybody slow down here. I know Twitter doesn't offer context sometimes, but I was only half-joking when I said Petromala at some point should have ordered the defense to stand down so Harrison Thompson and Bobby Gavin got more work. Because, folks, this team is going from the outhouse to the penthouse. Number one Maryland's coming in on Sunday. Remember, it's a big doubleheader at the Dome. Gary Gate, Katie Rowland's jersey's retired. They're going to put Roy Simmons Jr. on the Ring of Honor. Doubleheader, great lacrosse day coming up Sunday. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it because, come on now. 
whole day dedicated to lacrosse. Simi getting on the wall, two great players getting their jerseys retired, including the second female athlete to get their jersey retired at Syracuse finally, right? It's going to be a great day. I'm kind of afraid of what's going to happen to the men's team against Maryland. Now, they are free to use this as motivation, and they are free to use the nobody believes in us theory. Owen Seabold has touched on this a couple of times, and if that's what gets those guys fired up, then God bless them. From what I understand, Dave Petromala gave that team a pretty fiery speech Friday at their team dinner heading into the season and the weekend, and they played determined. They didn't let off the gas pedal, and they took care of an opponent they should have taken care of in that way. It's one of the most explosive offensive performances. We've seen Gary Gate got his first win. But the next three weeks are going to tell us what this team's all about. Maryland has scored 20 goals, including against a top 10 team this week, twice, and that defense is nasty. Find me the weakness on Maryland. We'll talk more about this as the week goes, but just to kind of give you a perspective here. Find me the weakness on Maryland because you can't. They've got a great face-off guy, great defense, top-to-bottom offense. The concern I have that Syracuse cannot match, they do not have the depth that Maryland does. They just don't. In fact, I know that. That's not an opinion. I know that. So the trick with Syracuse is they have to bottle up what they did against Holy Cross, but that's like, you know, come on. I I don't even know what analogy to make there. That's like an adult taking on a baby in the game of lacrosse. Like, you can just do what you want when you want. And maybe you give them a mercy goal once in a while just to build their confidence up, but come on. It's kind of like watching my dogs right now. Summit and the puppy, like the puppy's not going to win. Summit makes Blaze believe once in a while. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll play with you a little bit here and make you think, but then wham, she drops the hammer. And the puppy goes down, right? Like, the puppy's not going to win. That's Syracuse Holy Cross. Maryland, whole different story. Virginia to foul, and then Army, who, no matter what their ranking is, always gives Syracuse trouble. They just happen to be a top-10 team. So I hate to say it, good win, good warm-up game, essentially a preseason game, but don't take anything from that game into the next game. The season starts Sunday. What you can believe is, is that women's team is as good as it gets. We played the Tyrell goal, six goals. Harris Chuck is back. We played the Megan Carney behind the back goal. Like, that team's legit. Now, I still would like to see somebody challenge defense, like really challenge that defense, and I think Stony Brook can do it. Joe Spolina's team, top five team, they're going to come in with nothing to lose. They got screwed because the, there was a conference thing and they're not going to allow – them to play in the America East tournament, which, yeah, way to help the student-athletes there, by the way. Let's ban them from conference tournaments as if they had anything to do with this. So women's team certainly got a challenge from Stanford on Friday, but at no point in watching that game that I believe they're going to lose. They'll get a challenge from Stony Brook, but I think they should win that game too. And their schedule is just as tough, if not tougher, by the way, than the men's team. The takeaway I had, and I, I tried not to kind of, buy into the empty calories, beating a team like Binghamton over the weekend, but that team's legit. I just needed my eyes to confirm what my brain already knew. I think we're going to continue to see that. They might lose a game or two. I mean, you're playing one of the toughest schedules in the country. Everybody's human, but believe in them. The men's team, 
I'm not taking a thing from that Holy Cross game. Not a thing. Because you shouldn't be playing that team. I get why you did it. I appreciate the way they played, and there were some it was certainly entertaining. As some people on Twitter were saying, and some kind of the lax group that I have, the the text thread that I have, and former players, and people like, hey, you know what? I, I know this team's garbage, but this just feels good to see Syracuse playing this way again. I can buy that. But at the same time, like, don't buy into it, if you know what I'm saying. Now, they're free to prove me wrong. They're free to come out and give Maryland a game on Saturday. It's still early in the season. If you're going to clip Maryland, now's the time to do it. But like I said, Maryland's already looked like the, the Maryland team we we thought they were. They're number one in the country in the new poll today, and they should be. Virginia is a close two, if not a 1A. Army's Army, always going to play tough, grind you for four quarters. They just happen to be pretty good this year more than we've seen in, in past years. The entire ACC is in the top 10, by the way, in the men's poll, and you're going to see all those teams. The schedule lightens up, air quotes, for a bit, and I think Syracuse can kind of get back on track, but this is going to be a team that I'm going to say here on Valentine's Day, I don't think this opinion is going to change much for the season. It's going to be fighting its ass off to make the tournament. The women's team, they'll lose a game or two, but they're making a championship run. In my opinion, has not changed. It's only two games, but I believe in that team. The men's team, they got a lot to show me, a lot. And by the way, nobody thought, hey, Gary Gate, Dave Petromala, T.D. Erland, voila, Final Four again. Like, no, <laughs> the talent in the coaching room, I wish those guys could still play because I'm not trying to mock the talent on the team because there's a lot of great players on this team. And, again, they're going to be motivated to, to prove everybody wrong here, which is the best kind of motivation. But it's going to take time for this to settle in, too. I love that Gate is going to allow them to be creative. Petromala, are you kidding me? That guy requires no coffee, requires no energy drinks. I mean, he, if anything, stand by him for 10 minutes. He's a he's a human charger, right? Stand by Dave Patramala for 10 minutes and watch your battery go from low to full. Like, that guy loved the passion. I think he's got to make the most immediate impact on the defense, and I think he can. But I think, see, that's really the root of it. Not only does this team not have the depth offensively, it was interesting to see Bobby Gavin start in goal and go back and forth with Harrison Thompson, which I expected. That defense, we'll see this week. You're playing a real team this week. By the way, cool story that they did. Our friends in Shroff and Paul Carcaterra will break on this note and head into the blind side next. Apparently, Brendan Curry, uh, one heck of a chef. Did you guys see that feature on Brendan Curry? He's whipping up breakfast sandwiches, makes his own bagels. Uncle Brent's going to have to stop by the Brendan Curry breakfast shop, man. Get a breakfast sandwich. I hear they're pretty good. That was a fun feature. All right, let's break on that now. We'll come back. We'll go on the blind side. can certainly talk some more SU hoops, Super Bowl. I'm sure some of those things will appear on the blind side next, but I'm not supposed to know that, right? We'll find out together when we come back. 